This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm so happy to have you on today's episode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different and fun. I have wanted for a long time to do an episode sort of just talking about like my quote-unquote personality traits, if you will, um, through like the Myers-Briggs test, the 16 personalities, and then like the Enneagram test just because I think it's all so interesting and so helpful and like fun to get to know about yourself and I just kind of wanted to like, I didn't really know how I wanted to set that episode up and like what I would even talk about um, in regard to it, but I kind of spent some time this weekend planning out this episode, and this is like the longest plan I've had in a long time, if not ever, Um, but I do have basically everything typed out, so maybe it won't be as long as I think, but I finally figured out what I want to do, so I'm just going to be kind of talking to you all about how I sort of learned more about myself and, you know, learned like flaws and help myself work on myself by learning more about myself through personality types and just kind of like walk through like my personality types and like the common things with them I guess you could say and just sort of walking through that I just thought it'd be really fun and interesting even if you're like not the same personality type as me I'm gonna be like talking about like how I relate to the stuff like that is in my personality type and you know, how I use it to learn more about myself and all that kind of stuff. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. Be sure to follow the Gen Z Girl podcast on Instagram, just at Gen Z Girl podcast and join the Gen Z Girl podcast Facebook group if you haven't already. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. My quote this week is um, really just kind of, it's honestly relevant to my Enneagram type and like what I, my core self, I guess. And I saw this one on Pinterest earlier today, and I thought it was perfect um, just for, like, life right now and for this episode in general. And the quote is by Pierre Gentil. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but um, hopefully that was close. But the quote is, in trying to be accepted by everyone else, you slowly rejected yourself. And I just really love this because I'm such a... I feel like I've even done this quote before, honestly, a long time ago, maybe. But I just feel like I get so caught up in, like, trying to be the perfect, you know, person that everyone wants to watch on YouTube and the perfect podcast that everyone wants to listen to, the perfect Instagram person everyone wants to see. And then additionally, just like in my life, you know, be the perfect girlfriend and friend and all this stuff. And it's exhausting because I'm never going to attain that. And I do all I can to tweak myself and modify myself to appeal to as many people as possible and that's just sort of like the bane of my existence honestly I don't want to say the bane of my existence because that makes it sound like terrible and that I hate it because I don't it's just part of who I am but I really have like found myself feeling so just almost like distant from my own like content and like from myself just because I feel like I don't even know where I'm at right now, like, what I'm doing, and it's just this, like, awkward in-between. I was telling one of my friends about this earlier today. I just feel like 
I have this really great routine going on right now and that's really great because it's helped me to get so much more done and just really, I mean, having a routine just really helps you be more efficient in general. So it's helped a lot in that sense. But at the same time, having a routine sort of makes, almost forces you you to like sort of just go through the motions in a way because you get so stuck in your routine. And once you really commit to that routine and it's just your daily life, you don't really like have as much spontaneous stuff or you know just things like that that you aren't really anticipating and you just kind of get stuck going through the motions and in doing that I just feel like I am going through the motions right now and I don't like that I know I've had podcast episodes about that um but at the same time I like really enjoy the routine I have so I'm like how do I like get out of going through the motions but also keep a routine because I feel like they are contradicting in practice so I don't know um and that was just kind of a side tangent, but I just feel like everything I do, I just end up c- trying to be myself and, you know, trying to just always be me and I always am me, but I feel like who I am sometimes ends up turning into, which I'm going to talk about in this episode, but I feel like who I am sometimes does turn into being a character if I don't, if I'm not careful because I'm spending way too much time and effort trying to appeal to everyone. And then I'm like, wait a minute, who even am I? Like, what am I doing? And it's just not a good feeling. So that's the quote. And my goal for this week, I want to finish my book and just kind of like try and get re-inspired for YouTube. I'm just like so burnt out with my own content. I am like tired of being a college YouTuber, quite honestly, just because I've been doing it for forever now. And like I said, my days are so routine that filming, like vlogging for me isn't even exciting when normally it is just because every vlog I do, I feel like is, you know, 80 to 90% the same as the one before it. And I know some people like that because it makes them feel better because their life is also very routine and stays the same. But for me personally, it's really hard for me to get myself to vlog and like get myself to record and like film and everything when I'm feeling that way because I'm just like, I tell myself that nobody wants to see it. And also I don't even want to go through editing it because it's the same thing every time. You know what I mean? So I don't get as excited. So I've been trying like I've passively, like in spare moments, I've been, you know, trying to brainstorm different video ideas and everything like that. And it's been really hard um, just because I don't have a ton of time and to like put a ton of effort into doing different content. But at the same time, I want to do that. So a little difficult. I know things will be changing soon, like once I start studying for the CPA again, so that'll like add a little bit of variety in my life. But at the same time, that's going to be consuming my life. So (laughs) I'm just like, what do I do? Um, But I do want to finish the book I'm reading. I read at the Midnight Library two weeks ago and I finished it, or no, a week and a half ago and finished it in two days. And then I'm reading The Vanishing Half right now and it's a bit longer of a book. And I'm probably, I'm getting close to like being halfway through it. And it's really, really good so far. And I'd like to finish that book this week. So let's get into the episode. I primarily got a lot of like the information about like basic fears, basic desires, um, and all that kind of stuff for the Enneagram on crystalnose.com and from like the Enneagram coach. Um, I think it's a website. So that's where all this comes from if you're curious to like where I got a lot of this information for the Enneagram part. But let's jump into the Enneagram part because that's just what I want to start with. If you don't know what the Enneagram test is, it basically is just like this personality test you take and there's nine different personality types and it sort of just aims to help you achieve true harmony and insight into who you are. And the name of like my type um, that it was given is 
like the achiever and then my wing is the helper and that's the three wing too if you're looking at it from the number type so I'm primarily a type three and then two is like my subtype or my wing where I like share some attributes with type twos but not all of them and the three wing two combination it the name that that's been given is either like the charmer or the enchanter so that's my type and the basic fear of three most of what I'm going to be saying is like four three wing twos specifically not type threes so keep that in mind unless I say otherwise but the basic fear of three wing twos are basically like afraid of failing and being unworthy of love and they avoid this by setting and accomplishing goals in order to feel successful and worthy and then the basic desire on the other hand is to be admired and accepted and they seek value through accomplishment which may push them deeper into their work and if you've watched me on youtube if you know me personally if you might can even tell from listening to my podcast i don't know um you know that this could not be more true for me my whole life i've centered my definition of self-worth on what i achieve and accomplish and i was seriously in like a bad headspace for the earlier portion of high school because i was like changing the sport i was doing figuring out how to like actually study as i took college classes and i just remember comparing myself to other people and not being satisfied with myself one because i just felt super lost through all those changes And two, I was rooting my identity and self-worth in all the wrong things, whether it was how I was performing in my sport compared to other people, how I did in my classes, et cetera, where I was ranked in my class, like all that kind of stuff. And it sounds so stupid to people who don't experience this, but I promise it's always been like a part of who I am. And I've always been just, you know, like a need to achieve higher type of person, especially in regards to school, um, the most. So I think over time, I just subconsciously started tying my self-worth to school because that's the area of life I was receiving like the most praise and encouragement and recognition and that obviously made me feel more accomplished and I always wanted to strive for that because I subconsciously started telling myself, you know, like what I accomplish is, you know, how worthy I am and that's like what defines my worth when that's not the case at all. But that's the way I saw things when I was like in middle school and high school, you know, like whenever you go to like your award ceremonies, like I put so much value in, you know, getting all these awards and like doing really, really well in school and just performing well. And it was super motivating for me, like all through, you know, middle school, high school. And then, you know, once I got into college, I was just like so burnt out because I just (laughs) tried so hard. And like that was everything to me in middle school and high school was how I did in school. And um, although I did like more than fine in undergrad and college, like I literally still graduated with like a three nine basically I kind of ran into a problem when my classes got hard and I could no longer (laughs) seek value through my achievements in school because I was like this is what has always defined me and I'm not doing well now so then I was like I'm worthless (laughs) like I'm literally worthless and that's not the way anyone should think and I truly think that if I didn't have um my YouTube channel to create value in for myself, I would have been an absolute wreck going through getting the bad grades for the first time. Granted, there were like a few grades that I got. Like, I think initially when I made like my first C's on tests, it was like my spring of my sophomore year of college. I was like the first time I had like truly made a C, except for like once in high school. And I made like a D even on a test, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like 
this is so bad and just thinking so much less of myself because of those grades and initially I did have that reaction but and then I was a little shaken up because I was like what am I supposed to do if I'm not you know making a 4-0 every semester like that's not me that doesn't mean or that means I don't have value which isn't true and all this kind of stuff but over time I started like after that spring of sophomore year, I like consistently did not do, I did very like average and like maybe barely above average. Um, when I say average, I don't mean like a C letter grade. I mean like in the B range, I pretty much got like straight Bs and one C for the rest of like my um, accounting courses, not for finance, but like accounting in general. Like I just felt like such a failure because I wasn't someone who was getting the A's and B's and I was getting, you know, B's, B minuses, a C, and like all that kind of stuff. And I truly think that that would have affected me so much harder. And I would have like really had an identity crisis instead of just being a little bit panicked for a second if I didn't have YouTube to sort of like channel my value in, if that makes sense. Um, But I don't only seek value through academics. I've been this way with thinking my accomplishments determine my value in sports, in my YouTube performance, and social media. and jobs I've had, and stuff like that, and I know what you're probably thinking, like, this sounds so unhealthy (laughs) to think, and it truly is, and I'm just being vulnerable and sharing that with you guys, because it is not a way to live, and I live a lot of my life thinking that, you know, my core value is derived from what I achieve, and I still struggle with that, for sure, but I'm at least aware of it now, Um, and I've always been a perfectionist and with my personality being this way, it further enforces that perfectionism in all areas of my life. And I'm not using this information from a personality test to determine how I live. I just use it to further understand who I am so I can work towards having a healthier balance in my habits and emotions and truly just help myself out. Um, I truly didn't realize how much of a perfectionist I really was and did not realize that the reason I struggle with being satisfied with myself is because I tie my value to what I accomplish. I didn't realize all that until like the last year or so. And now that I'm aware of it, I understand that my value is rooted in, you know, who I am as a person and not what I do. And I've been able to start working towards undoing some of those thought patterns and behaviors that I've subconsciously always had that just further reinforces my perfectionist behavior. Um, I just really, being a perfectionist is literally the worst and I think, you know, some people, like, look at it negatively, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're such a perfectionist, like, you know, they just always try so hard, and blah, 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 but I wish people who, like, walked around and said that understood that, like, I'm pretty sure 99% of people who are perfectionists truly cannot help it, Um, and it sucks. It sucks so bad, so that's why it's really important for me to, like, learn this about myself. Like, I didn't, I knew that I did try to, like, always be in control of things a lot, and I, like, did always try to be the best and perfect things, but I wouldn't have, like, labeled myself as, like, an extremely hardcore perfectionist. I would have just labeled myself as, like, a perfectionist only in certain areas of life, but over the years, I've just learned more and more about myself, and I truly am just, like, a perfectionist, and it destroys me. So, anyways, um, this is about just sort of, like, how the enchanters, the three-wing twos, whatever, tend to adjust their persona to their audience in order to feel as though they are easily liked, which may lead to playing a character rather than being themselves. So switching gears here into like how I sort of react with other people instead of just like my basic fears and desires. Um, This goes along with the quote I said earlier, obviously. 
This can obviously be like pretty problematic if you're a three-wing two and you don't have like a very strong self-identity or really know who you are. You may literally feel like you never belong anywhere, which can lead to a lot of upsetting thoughts. And this was how I was in like early high school. I struggled a lot with friendships. And if I would have known a lot of this stuff about just like my personality back then, I don't think I would have been nearly as like sad as I was at the time. But I'm also sure that like the puberty hormones around the age of early high school doesn't help. But anyways, (laughs) I was friends with like a lot of different people and different friend groups. And instead of seeing that as a blessing when I was younger, I felt that it meant I was like everyone's last choice and I didn't truly belong anywhere because I was such a floater. And I wanted to be like an important group, like core part of a group of people so badly. Like I wanted to be in like a group of a couple of people and be an important person in that group that like the group couldn't, you know, like function without like each person brings something to the table. I like wanted to be one of those people so bad, but I just felt like this sort of plus one that sort of just kind of floated between different friend groups and was just there in certain settings. And I just like kind of hung out with people individually. And, um, I just never saw that as a blessing. And I was never specific to one group of people. And looking back, I see the beauty in that. And that's exactly how I am now and how I view it now, because I never had a group in college and I don't have one now. And I always have been and always will be a floater and I accept that. And it's because I want to appeal to everyone. So it's very, very rare that I don't get along with and don't become friends with someone I meet. Um, because anyone who like crosses my path, I can literally basically just shift and mold my personality to fit whoever you are and who I'm with. But then in situations where I'm with all those friends in one place at one time, some friends may think I'm acting different or I'm just like not the same person because other people are around as I am with them one-on-one. So that can be a problem. So since I can mold my personality and sort of just fit myself to other people so well, I can get along well with pretty much anybody, which is so great. And I recognize that and see that now. But at the same time, it sort of gives me a little bit of stress whenever I'm in a situation where I have, you know, different friends that isn't from like a group and it's just like you know a friend from here that I'm friends with and then like a friend from there and I'm in one place with them at once it's a little overwhelming for me because I don't want anyone to think that I'm like not being the same Abby I am with them but it's just like I have to go from appealing to you individually to appealing to the group and so it's not that I'm like a different person or anything it's just that I sort of just have different and I don't want to say different sides but I just know how to sort of tailor everything to fit you if whoever you are but because each and every one of my friendships has their own special relationship and specificity to them I don't even know if that's a word um that doesn't translate to any other friendship um it's it's really nice because each friendship truly is like so so different so even though like I don't have a friend group I have all like I have a couple of really really valuable like friendships that I value so much and when you don't have a strong sense of self as like a three wing two, you would perceive this as a bad thing and literally constantly feel lost and like you don't belong and you'd like question why you feel like, you know, everyone's in a friend group, but you're just kind of there. And I've been there. And like I said, a large portion of high school and early college, I just felt like I was constantly trying to figure out who I was. And I was just always upset that I like didn't have a specific group. And now I see the beauty and the diversity of relationships I get when I don't subject myself to only being in one group. 
and I don't feel like having a bunch of different friendships makes me feel more lost and like I'm playing a character at times. It has felt like that before, but that was at times when I just didn't really truly know myself. And like I sort of mentioned earlier, many people may think this means that the three-wing two personalities are ingenuine or fake or two-faced, whatever. And anyone can be those things. And there certainly probably are three-wing twos out there that are like that. But I really just wish that wasn't the stereotype just because we have the ability to turn certain parts of ourselves on and off when we're with different people in order to cater to that other person's personality and interests doesn't mean we're being ingenuine or or fake. We are just appealing to those around us because we want you to like us and we want you to have a good time with us and we want to pour into you and like create value. And I have people tell me on YouTube or not frequently, but I have before, um, that they feel like they don't really you know, see a lot of like the real me at times or like whenever I'll like do something at a vlog, people will be like, wow, I just really feel like I saw a different side of you or like I saw the real you or something like that, which is both true and untrue. Um, who I am online is very genuine and it is me, but if I got to know you better in person, you would absolutely almost probably felt like you met a different person than what you watch online just because I get so much deeper and more personal when I'm like with someone in real life that I like get to know and become friends with than I am with a bunch of strangers online and I am like I feel like I'm fairly open and everything online but I also just really value privacy and the older I get and the longer I'm on YouTube the more I value keeping more things private and I just have so much value in that so I just truly feel like um I have a hard time being myself and fully opening up if I don't feel like I'm connecting with someone. So the problem with that is that online, I feel like I definitely have curated my personality to fit this online mold because I'm sitting here telling myself I have to appeal to the 95,000 people that are different watching my YouTube channel and make each one of them happy, which results in me doing my best to create this neutral character that sort of just appeals to as many people as possible instead of like just picking up a camera and fully being myself. And I am picking up a camera and fully being myself, but you all are just seeing like an online version of me, if that makes sense. And it's fine because it is me. It's not like that part of me doesn't exist when I'm not vlogging or when I'm not online because that part of me does exist and it's still there. But I just get so much deeper and more personal when it's more intimate and like one-on-one. And that's just because I also... I'm not the best about like opening up to strangers and all that kind of stuff. And that's just the introverted side of me, I think. I think you see a lot more like extroverts be YouTubers and that's just not me. So um, that's why my situation is a little bit different, I guess you could say. And lately I've just been realizing that that whole online character situation is just not sustainable in the long run. And I just need to let go of how can I make all every single person happy and appeal to everyone so that I can truly just let go of that and be myself so that people can see that instead of see me trying to create a version of me that appeals to as many people as possible. But of course, this is what I've done by default over the years since I've tried to mold myself to my audience as much as possible in order to be liked by everyone. But it works for a little bit. And then after a while, you're like, who even is this like online person because when did this even happen like over time it just sort of created this online character and it is me like I said but it's just not like the it's not the same as what it would be if um 
I, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. It's hard to explain. And it makes me sad because I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm like not the same online as I am in real life because I truly am. Um, it's just, like I said, everything gets a lot more deeper and personal if you know me in person. And all of my friends that found me through YouTube and more friends now from school, um, which is like literally all but one or two of my friends, um, every single one of them could attest to that and say like, yeah, you're like the same, but like you're also like wildly different because, you know, we get to know you so much better once we met you in person. Um, so that's that. And as far as like the three wing two personalities, their tendencies are like being encouraging and vivacious. Um, and for this one, I definitely see myself as like a cheerleader friend, if that makes sense. Um, which I'll get to that when we talk about the Myers-Briggs stuff later. Um, they enjoy setting ambitious goals. They seek success and accomplishments. Um, they focus on their social appearance, which this is very toxic and obviously not sustainable. Um, I've been exhausted from this lately and it's made me want to just kind of like go entirely off the grid and just go back to having like my private social media life or no social media at all because being so focused on how I appeal to others is literally the most exhausting thing in the world and I should be focusing all that energy on myself instead of trying to appeal to everyone. So that can get pretty exhausting and that's just something at my core that I'm always trying to do. Um, But I'm trying to undo that thought and desire. And um, additionally, the fear of being rejected or unworthy of love. I wouldn't say I've struggled much with the unworthy of love part, but I definitely have with the fear of being rejected. Um, Being disliked, like rejected or disapproved of, literally tears me apart um if there's a reasonable basis for it it like paralyzes me in a way that makes me just emotionally spiral um so if like someone if I like did something wrong like upset someone it literally tears me to shreds even if like I have you know recognized what I've done wrong and apologized and it's been resolved I'm really bad at forgiving myself in a sense and I also just don't like I used to just not take any criticism well, but after like, you know, having a YouTube channel and everything for years and just honestly with growing up in general, I've gotten better at taking it constructive criticism and I'm not necessarily going to emotionally spiral from someone just giving me constructive criticism or any criticism at all. Whereas I feel like when I was little, I would take that as I'm doing something wrong when someone would give me constructive criticism, which I probably am, which is why I'm receiving the criticism. But I would think that was a bad thing because I wasn't being perfect, which is so messed up because none of us are perfect and we're all going to have areas to improve on. But when I was little, I couldn't see that and I couldn't understand it. So anyways, um, I thought the whole aspect of talking about, like, the type threes specifically, not the three-wing twos in childhood, um, this excerpt said, during their childhood, threes felt valued for doing certain things extremely well. They learned to find a sense of worth from the validation they received through accomplishing and performing. They subconsciously learned to adapt to be pleasing to their parents. Affirmation they received, however, never fully felt satisfying as they were being validated for what they had done and not who they are. They picked up the message that it's not okay to not be okay. So they tried to to at least seem to have it all together. And I just think this was and still is to an extent so, so me. And I've said this before on the podcast, I believe, but when I was like three years old, literally three, I was constantly asking my mom if she was happy at me 
like, I would literally say, mom, are you happy at me? Like, trying to basically just say, like, are you happy with me? And my mom, I remember telling, like, she told me she thought it was sad because she didn't want me to think I wasn't doing enough or wasn't enough, but my parents were always, like, the most loving and supportive, and the whole validation through what I do and not who I am thing was not because of them. I truly just think it's how my brain responded to praise from a young age, and it became rooted in my personality, so that's just kind of how that emerged, but I thought that was super interesting, and I've talked to other type threes as well, um, and they sort of, like, had the same situation in their childhood. They would always, like, try to do everything perfectly, and they would get upset if they didn't do something right, and they were always, you know, like, wanting everyone to be happy with them, and then the strengths of, um, three-wing twos are dedication to achieving their goals, naturally self-confident and self-aware, um, the ability to easily connect with others, caring deeply for their community, and being efficient in the workplace, and I definitely think all those are, um, strengths of mine that I think I have, and then weaknesses, um, are heavily focusing on social image, struggling to accept failure from others, being overly competitive or possessive, and the tendency to be unintentionally manipulative, and all of these are also weaknesses. Um, the unintentionally manipulative one is really interesting. I think that that one is one that just kind of happens and we don't notice often as, um, like type three wing twos. It's very, I'm trying to like think of an instance of it, but I can't really think of an example, but that's definitely something that, um, they, or we struggle with. So then the motivations and things that like give energy to type three wing twos are, Achieving goals or winning competitions, building new friendships, being the life of the party, and effectively serving other people. And then the things that provide stress or like drain the energy of three wing twos is failing or disappointing loved ones, having a bad image or reputation, feeling like they have to constantly entertain, and then struggling to balance personal and professional lives, which, oh my gosh, that's so true. And I definitely relate to all of those. Um, I will say that being the life of the party doesn't really give me a lot of as much energy, I would say, and that's probably because I'm more of an introverted three, and type threes tend to be more extroverted um, from what I know, and I'm definitely not one, but within my immediate circle and in certain settings, I do like to be, like, a take on, like, a leader role, and I do tend to get more extroverted in more intimate situations, so naturally, though, I'm definitely not an extrovert. Okay, so now hopping over to the Myers-Briggs um, 16 personalities. This is another type of personality test, and I am an INFJ, which is the most rare type, actually. It's 1% of the population, but it's funny because I feel like a lot of people in my audience are INFJs, and I think it's because like we have like a natural connection and a natural draw to each other because we understand each other, and INFJ's like core thing is like, feeling misunderstood. Um, so INFJ is known as the advocate or the advisor and what each letter in that stands for is introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. And those are like personality types and that's what the INFJs consists of. And the opposites, just to give um, an example so that you know what the opposite end of the spectrum is, which happens to be my boyfriend's um, personality type on the Myers-Briggs test, which is hilarious to me, it stands for, um, oh, it's ESTP, so those are like the opposite on each personality type, which is extroverted, observant, thinking, and prospecting personality traits, and um, there's like a quote on the 16personalities.com website 
on the INFJ page, and it's sort of just like the INFJ quote. And it says, treat people as if they were what they ought to be, and you help them to become what they are capable of being. And this is quite literally the core of my existence. I'm so, so good and just love seeing potential in other people, even when they can't see it or don't know it themselves. And when I see it, I will do anything and everything I can to help you achieve that potential if I like you're someone I care about and you're close to me in my life because I want that success and fulfillment for you maybe even more than you want it for yourself and I truly think that that's just like my core underlying purpose in life and I've sort of that's sort of just like what I've thought the past like five or six years of my life is I want to help other people like fulfill their potential and that's sort of like why I created my YouTube channel and I work towards fulfilling that in my friendships through my podcast, through my YouTube channel, and I do all of this to inspire each and every one of you to fulfill your dreams and achieve your best self because I know everyone has that potential in them. And even if I don't know you personally, I know that there's like a version of you out there that you are capable of achieving that will, you know, help you feel fulfilled at the end of the day. And I want nothing more than for you to feel that and get that for yourself because I came from a place of feeling basically no fulfillment, completely lost honestly just really sad and like felt misplaced a lot of the time to feeling like completely fulfilled and just passionate about what I do and I want nothing more than for everyone who listens to me and everyone I come in contact with in my life to experience that same switch I guess um and in regard to like relationships with other people Um, INFJs may be reserved, but they communicate in a way that is warm and sensitive. This emotional honesty and insight can make a powerful impression on the people around them. And the next thing that I took note of was advocates value deep, authentic relationships with others, and they tend to take great care with other people's feelings. That said, these personalities also need to prioritize reconnecting with themselves. Advocates need to take some time alone now and then to decompress, recharge, and process their thoughts and feelings. So I definitely relate to all of that. Um, I feel like I am pretty good at like caring for other people's feelings and being very empathetic. And I do have to truly like recharge by myself with myself in order to pour into other people. And the part of INFJ that like really goes hand in hand with the three wing two Enneagram type is the cost of success, which was described right here in this excerpt I'm going to read. It says, at times, advocates may focus so intently on their ideals that they don't take care of themselves. Advocates may feel that they aren't allowed the rest until they've achieved their unique vision of success, but this mindset can lead to stress and burnout. If this happens, people with this personality type may find themselves feeling uncharacteristically ill-tempered. Advocates might find themselves feeling especially stressed in the face of conflict and criticism. These personalities tend to act with the best of intentions, and it can frustrate them when others don't appreciate this. At times, even constructive criticism may feel deeply personal or hurtful to advocates. And like I said earlier, with the whole three-wing two thing and needing to appeal to everyone, y'all can probably see how that goes super hand-in-hand with the whole INFJ trait. Um, And that's truly my biggest issue. Stress, burnout, conflict, and people not getting me or understanding me or seeing me for who I am. It truly, truly destroys me. I have to remember, though, at the end of the day that it's not up to me to force people to see me for who I am 
because I'm the one who knows who I am at my core. And as long as I'm true to that, that's all that matters. You know, I'm not responsible to live up to the expectations and the standards people have of me in their head that they've created because I know for me, as long as I am being who I am and, you know, just being myself, I don't have to worry about that. And I don't have to force anyone to understand or get me. And if they don't, it's their loss. And it's usually because they have an image of who they want to make me out to be in their head. And when that isn't who I really am, I can't do anything about that, but keep being myself and hope that they see that one day. And obviously from what I've stated and in line with like the three wing two Enneagram type, the weaknesses are perfectionism, burnout, reluctancy to open up, sensitive to criticism and avoiding the ordinary. Um, for INFJs. So avoiding the ordinary is things like hating the specifics and like small steps we take each day that help us like achieve our big goals because we're so motivated by mission and our greater greater purpose in life and not what we do in our day-to-day life. And the reluctancy to open up is another thing I um, struggle with and that's definitely a weakness of mine. That's a weakness of INFJ types. And I always joke that like I want to start going to therapy but I wouldn't even be able to open up to a therapist. Because, like, that's how closed off I am. And it's not with everything. It's just, like, certain things in my life I literally just don't talk about. And I don't know why. I just don't. And it's really hard for me to, like, just trust people in general. And that's something I'm working on. And there's, like, truly, I feel like not a single soul that I have, like, 100% fully opened up to. And it's just because I struggle with breaking my image of what someone has of me in their head. Or maybe letting someone down. Or honestly just getting uncomfortable when people start to feel like they can, you know, think that their opinions are how I should live my life. That really like messes with me. And, um, just because like they know about it or I've told them about it. Um, just because I'm someone who doesn't really like when others try to like control my life. But at the same time, like I value, you know, people I'm close with, I value their opinions and I value what they think. But that's just something I struggle with. And that isn't really a me problem. I mean, it is in a sense, but it's a problem with other people feeling the need to or thinking that their opinions are the way someone else should carry out their life. And I hate it because I want to be super open and all that kind of stuff with like everyone, whether that's in my personal life, with friendships, on YouTube, whatever. But I definitely have a wall up that I don't think would ever come down for the sake of guarding myself. So there's just like some things that are always just going to remain inside of me. And I do think some of them probably do need to be shared and like talked about and everything. But like I said earlier, there's so much beauty and keeping things private. And I have not appreciated that more than I have like in the last like year or two. Um, with just being online and everything. It's truly such a blessing and so, so valuable to keep parts of yourself private. And um, for the whole relationships and friendships aspect of INFJs, loyalty, authenticity, authenticity, and integrity are all super important. And there's this excerpt from the 16personalities.com that describes it really well. It says, advocates tend to light up around friends who share their passions, interests, and beliefs. Few things give these personalities more pleasure than connecting with others over discussions about meaningful ideas and philosophies. Once advocates know they can trust someone completely, they find it incredibly fulfilling to share their innermost thoughts, ideas, and feelings with them. And when just an example of this, this has happened with like other friends as well. It's not just with this one friend. But when I met my friend Katie Haran, who some of you may know on YouTube, 
that's like exactly what happened. Um, her and I were able to talk for like four hours straight the first time we met with each other. And I'm sure we would have spoke longer if we could have, but we, it's funny because we found out we were both INFJs early on in our friendship and it made everything just like make sense with how fulfilling and life-giving our friendship was for each other and how much we connected. And a lot of that has to do with INFJs struggling with feeling misunderstood because her and I felt like we just truly understood each other where in a lot of situations we feel like we're being misunderstood. So I really thrive and jive and feel this like unmatched sense of fulfillment when I find those people I can completely like unravel with. And it's not always INFJs. I'm just giving an example of like when I met another INFJ and it was just like, oh my gosh. Anyways, um, in my episode over the summer where I talked about being a multi-potentialite, I talked a little bit about INFJ's career tendencies and how much I related to it. And specifically, I think I mentioned how INFJs tend to be overwhelmed by too many options because we imagine so many career possibilities for ourselves and we don't want to just like pick one because that means we have to give up so many others, even if they are all wildly different because we are able to see through the whole process of like the rewards of each career. And this obviously isn't a requirement, but INFJs are perceived like to go into psychology, teaching, social work, being counselors, etc. because of their core desire to connect and help people. And I've like always wanted to be a teacher in the back of my mind, so I totally, <laughs> totally relate to that and fit in that mold. Um, unfortunately, though, it is suggested that INFJs stay away from work that doesn't take personal needs into consideration, is overly repetitious or promotes conflicts because it can leave INFJs feeling unfulfilled. And yes, I am so aware that that fits the mold of accounting pretty well. <laughs> LOL. Um, INFJs also tend to float toward autonomy and having the freedom to express their own creativity and integrity in all that they do. Um, so they're like really good at being their own boss, which is of course is a career goal of mine because that's sort of how my life is right now. And something that's interesting that I didn't notice was specific to INFJs, but I have already noticed in myself is how INFJs find it gratifying to create bridges between seemingly different professional fields. The website gives the example of like writing about psychology um, for someone who's like really interested in psychology but is passionate about writing. Um, for me, that blend that I've had in my life with like that bridge between two different things I've told my mom and boyfriend like sometime over the last year um, that I would love to do something one day with having my own like firm that helps small businesses and more like struggling communities by offering like a bundled tax service and then like a social media and branding service or something because it would be like the perfect blend for fulfilling my creative and analytical skills and passions. Um, and I especially just think back to like my hometown with businesses that are like barely even on social media or, you know, that could just, like, amplify their reach if they just, like, put themselves out there, whether that's, like, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And I also just love the idea of being in economic development in general for helping struggling communities and helping build those communities to be, like, economically and socially flourishing areas by helping determine, you know, what businesses come in and, like, that kind of stuff. I don't really know what that specific job title is. Um... And I feel like mainly elected officials do a lot of that work in local, like, governments, but I don't know how I feel about that type of position because I feel like most, like, local governments and com committees and stuff 
are like low-key kind of corrupt but maybe that's just my view of it from what I've seen growing up so maybe I just need to be the one to help change that stereotype but I don't know if that makes any sense but like I don't I don't know how to explain it but in the last year I found myself really obsessed with the idea of you know using I which I love econ you guys like I'm going into accounting and my undergrad degrees were in accounting and finance but I was a TA for econ basically all of college and I did best in my econ classes and I get it and I could literally like do a lot of econ in my sleep but I love it so much and I also just love helping people of course so I think combining those two things the best way to do that is like going into those communities that you know like need like a small business revival and you know need that help to like get themselves back on their feet and stuff I just love the idea of that but anyways that's all I had to say and that was a really long episode I feel like maybe not too long but my computer's about to die because I'm recording on my laptop and I normally don't but I want to emphasize that I do not live and breathe by the insight that these tests offer and some people literally don't even connect to their types at all which I don't know how but some people just don't and I just really love the insight that learning my types has given me into who I am and especially with my weaknesses um and sort of just figuring out what those are so that I can work on them and how it's made me aware of things I never really realized because they've always been subconscious behaviors or thoughts it's like how am I ever gonna become aware of those things until someone brings them to my attention and then I recognize them in myself and that's exactly what the personality test did for me um and now I know and can admit my struggles with perfectionism and with being vulnerable and opening up and accepting criticism and work on those things because I know that they're there and I know they're my struggles and I also know my strengths and can help use them to help myself and help others and I think knowing my types and researching them has just helped me the most with actually identifying my weaknesses and struggles and working towards bettering them as well as figuring out like long-term goals and how to help myself achieve them and it's just helped me a lot with learning my habits and what habits are good and which ones I should implement more and habits that may not be as good that I need to work on or do less of. So I highly encourage you all to look into, even if you know your types already and you're like, yeah, like I know them, but I don't really like know a lot about them. I highly encourage you all to do some research on, you know, 16personalities.com for the Myers-Briggs. And then honestly, if you just like Google your type, you can find so much information about yourself because there's people who like truly study this stuff and it's so, so helpful, I promise, and just because you read it about yourself, it doesn't mean it's true about you either, keep that in mind, like, there's some things with INFJs and 3Ding 2s that are just, like, so not me, just, like, how 3s are typically extroverts, I know that's not me, but there are so many other parts that have helped me so much, so I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you all next week.